Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson, sports editor of the McKinney Courier-Gazette, as well as Devin Hassan, sports editor for the Mesquite News and the Rowlett Lake Short Times. And uh, gentlemen, let's keep talking some football. Let's continue our ongoing high school football preview in anticipation of the upcoming season, in anticipation of the upcoming release of our sixth annual uh, market-wide football tab that we call the Gridiron Preview. Um, first off, big thanks to Taylor Raglan, Brian Murphy, and Justin Thomas for holding me on the podcast in my absence. I, um, you know, I decided to come back, even though my flight home got delayed by four hours. I decided to come back just so we could uh, just so we could keep previewing for, um, the upcoming football season. So this um, for this edition of the podcast, we're going to keep rolling through um, our 5A districts. We're going to talk about today District 75A Division One. This is going to be 75A week for the podcast. We'll talk about Division. Division 2 on Thursday, focusing on Division 1 today. And um, just as a quick refresher, for those who do not know, 75A Division 1 consists of the two uh, 5A Mesquite ISD schools, so Poteet and West Mesquite, McKinney North, as well as uh, Tyler John Tyler, uh, Texas High, all the way out in Texarkana, Sherman and Wiley East. So um, as we've done for the um, you know for the last few editions of the podcast, we're going to go on, um, we're going to focus on primarily the teams that are within our coverage area, so those two Mesquite schools plus McKinney North. Um, for each team, we're going to discuss the um, kind of the uh, the biggest storyline heading into the season for each team, plus kind of um, you know your general outlook, just kind of right now, sight unseen, kind of what you uh, what you kind of expect, where you think that they'll finish, and what you think that their ultimate uh, the ultimate uh, storybook for their season could be, um, you know, for the upcoming year. And then for each district at the very end, on the back half of the podcast, we're going to give you one game to watch um, from the district. You'll give one, you'll give one, and then at the end, we'll um, all three of us will give our um, our top four predictions for the uh, for the district stand. Which teams do we think are going to make it into the playoffs? One thing I think is key. I know Devin looks at stuff like I do. We're eye test guys. We're not analytic <laughs> guys. But one of the things is protecting home field is going to be key in this district, regardless if you're Texarkana or you're north. You got to protect home field because who wants to make that three-hour bus ride knowing you got to win? Just to get to the playoffs, it's not even a playoff game. That's going to be very key. It's key in any district, but especially in this district. <laughs> so then let's focus on, um, you know, a couple teams that um, let's focus on. We'll go one Mesquite school, then touch on North, and then another Mesquite school. Um, let's start with uh, let's go with Poteet. You know, one of the uh, one of the more consistently uh, strong programs out in that neck of the woods. Devin, talk a little bit about the Pirates this year. What is the biggest storyline heading into this upcoming season for Mesquite Poteet? I really want to see what their offense can do um, when they're healthy and firing on cylinders. Uh, last year they were just, they were hit hard by the injury bug. They had to switch some personnel out. I mean, they came out, they had Cam Lampkin at quarterback and Seth McGowan uh, at running back. And Seth McGowan was going to be their focal point. He had flashed 
his immense potential as a freshman and as just a sophomore, he was going to be their workhorse. Well, that game plan lasted not even one half. As <laughs> Seth McGowan gets banged up in the first half of the season up against Midlothian, uh, goes on to miss the first, basically the next five games. Um, without him and having him as, I guess, the primary option, uh, the offense struggled. They ended up moving Cam Lapkin back to wide receiver, which is where he played the previous year, mm-hmm. put Dalton Dale in at quarterback, and they started kind of finding themselves. Dalton Dale struggled at first, but came on strong. Um, you know, ended up throwing for more than a thousand yards and fourteen touchdowns. Also showed off a little bit with his with his legs, for six hundred eight yards uh, and six scores. Uh, then about late in the season, they get Seth McGowan back, and then he shows what he's capable of doing. He rushes for over a thousand yards in six games. Uh, the most memorable being the uh, the last game of the season uh, with a playoff berth on the line against West Mesquite in that uh, rivalry game, and he goes off for two hundred ninety eight yards and three touchdowns. It was the difference maker in them getting back to the playoffs. Uh, so having those three guys back, as well as Tristan Golightly, who, who kind of showed off his potential last year. He averaged up better than 27 yards per catch. Uh, so their skill guys are going to be good. They have experience at the quarterback position. Uh, offensive line is, is a bit of a question mark. Uh, they're they're Ian Beathill, who was expected to be kind of the anchor of that line, was in a car accident back in June, actually, and nearly lost his life. And he's been battling on the road to recovery, you know, just personally. Uh, but, you know, he's not going to be available this football season. So they're going to look, they're going to need to put two or three more guys uh, into that starting lineup. So if their offensive line can come around, uh, they certainly have the skill positions to do so. Defensively, um, there, there are some holes, uh, particularly up front uh, in the trenches. They, they do have Dorian Morris, the outstanding track star, uh, back. He's an all district defensive back. Jalen Hodos, another guy with experience in the secondary. Uh, their linebackers uh, should be good with Brashard Gillespie, Jeremiah Record, Jonathan Kath. Up in the trenches, there are question marks. But all, all around, I think Poteet uh, certainly has the uh, the firepower to get back to the playoffs once again. When you talk about just the potential ceiling for that offense, I mean, what kind of ceiling are we talking about with him at full strength? Could this be the best offense in the district? Or what kind of, I guess, what kind of ceiling do you see for the Pirates if they are able to maintain that health? I, I, th- I think Seth McGowan has the ability to be the offensive MVP, if not outright MVP. Um, obviously, that's going to get opposing defense's attention. So if Dalton Dale can continue to progress the way he did toward the second half of the of last season when they had all the pieces in place. Um, if they want to load the box on Seth McGowan and Dalton Dale's able to get the ball out to Cam Lapkin and out to Tristan Golightly and out to some of those other talented wide receivers, then yeah, they certainly have the potential to be the top uh, offense in this district. As far as just kind of in your general outlook for the Pirates this season, I know last last season it came right down to the wire as far as getting uh, you know back into the playoffs. Um, do you foresee a similar trajectory? Do you think that the Pirates stand stand ground, uh, you know, perhaps be a bit higher in the district standings? Or I, I, th- I think without a doubt. I mean, you know, they went 6-6 six and six last year, but they always play, you know, they open with Denton Ryan. Yeah. You know, they, they always play a really tough non-district schedule, which, you know, when you look at their overall record, that certainly has an impact. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly see them in, in the top two in this district. Right. Kendrick, let's move to, uh, to McKinney North. Uh, a team that's going to be kind of a uh, kind of a newcomer to this, I guess, this neck of the uh, this so, neck of the woods. So new. They, they played, I think, every team they played two times or less in the school's history. Wow. So that's how much new this is to them. A lot of so, new faces, a lot of new yeah. opponents for the Bulldogs so, this year. So they're definitely the dark horse, which I think is an old school term to use mm-hmm. up in up in this district. But they've come off of the best season they've had since um, the 2014 team. They had, of course, Ronald Jones the second and um, Gabe Constantine, whose brother Pam Constantine is the quarterback. Yep. So that's going to be really big because they've been the playoffs two years in a row. Won a playoff game last year. Got beat by Highland Park, but who didn't lose to Highland Park last year? No shame in losing those guys. Um, so 
they lost 38 seniors, but what's going to be key for North this year is they got um, Cam Constantine coming back. They got um, um, Big Brandon Frazier. If you haven't seen this guy, they call him Baby Gronk. He's 6'6", 230, and runs a 4'7". He's legit. Got offers from Arkansas, Oklahoma State, and Purdue. And he will be, I think, the the mismatch of the whole uh, district. But what makes um, North's offense click is they find ways, like wherever they see happening, that I've seen them practice two times in a week and not run what I saw in practice because Coach Harden them adjust on the fly to what they do. They do a great job of calling play specifically for that opponent. They don't they just run a system. But uh, what they're going to be missing is up front, they lost Zach Frazier and um, a host of others. So they're going to have to get that that line to jail. And, of course, I'd be remiss without mentioning Lamar Lucas, yeah. who's, who's got 3,750 yards over the last two years. He graduated, and they got a battle between Hunter Shea and Manny Fincher. Shea, uh, hope I was, uh, C-H-A-E, I don't know. <laughs> All right, but your man's name. He's more of a power back where Fincher kind of is kind of shifty. So it looks like they're both going to have equal opportunity to get the job. And you never know with um, Coach Fetchy and them because they'll ride the hot hand because before Lamar Lucas or Lamar Lucas, he was splitting carries as a junior and then uh, Manuel got hurt is like third or fourth game and then the rest is history. Almost went for 2,000 yards. On defense is where it's going to be a good committee. They lost a lot of experience, but they do a lot of plug and play. And so it's going to be very um, pertinent that they get a continuity heading into this district because, like Homer Devin said, it's going to be if you ain't going to be able to score 30 points a game in this district, you can't compete. <laughs> Would that be safe to say, Devin? <laughs> and the McKinney North, they're one of the few, uh, one, I'd imagine it's probably a short list of teams in the state that deploy a kind of a two-quarterback system. And the dynamic with Constantine plus Dylan Markowitz, um, is that dynamic still going to be in play for this coming season? I have no idea because what's happened in the last two years is they split carries in non-district, and then once they get the district, they go straight to Constantine. Mm-hmm. So who knows? A lot of people, that's kind of like a, a source of contention in, in North Circles because Ken Constantine's uh, two-time first team um, performer and Markowitz um, is a has a great potential has a could have the best arm in the district yeah. he's more but of a pure pocket passer yeah, but, with but you have to change your offense because yeah. he's not as athletic and can't run the um, the, um, the zone read and stuff yeah. which is where the offense is based off and Cam Constantine has thrown for 2,000 and almost ran for 1,000 last year and that's with them splitting carries because his stats could have been way monster had he not got pulled out and, and um, playing against the Carrollton school so that's going to be interesting to see if they just ride with one yeah. or not but um, Markowitz definitely can sling it yeah. and put up some points off the um, I'll, I'll be remiss the guy 6'4 210 <laughs> he's got the look and got the arm that uh, that running back competition is going to be pretty key as well you got to think just because of how much emphasis has been placed on that position in years yeah. past with not only Lucas but you mentioned Ronald Jones I mean that's but if you look at the, so the record book they've always had at least a thousand yard rusher I, I need to find out how many years in a row I would, I would be easily say they probably had at least one thousand yard rusher <coughs> the last eight nine years so right. I wouldn't be surprised if not longer than that but yeah they find they usually find one because the first year I started covering them two years ago nobody knew Lamar Lucas was going to be Lamar Lucas like who, who's going to be the running back so we're kind of that same position so hopefully somebody come to the top because if you ain't scoring 30 points a game this district you can't compete. <laughs> it's going to be some shootouts. And like I said, I, I cannot um, 
not um, highlight, you got to win at home. If you ain't winning at home, you will be at home in the playoffs. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, just kind of uh, just what's the uh, kind of your general outlook? I know sight unseen before they've even played a single snap. What do you ultimately forecast for the Bulldogs this season? I think they find a way to get get a third seed. I wouldn't be surprised if they scoot up to second because Ooh. they have a penchant for winning games that quote unquote people don't think they're supposed to win. But it would be see, it would be. Um, very key that they got to a fast start with they got experienced players in key positions and they got inexperienced players so it's going to be a little ebb and flow versus years past but they always have a tough non-district schedule and they kind of one of those teams that get better as the season goes on I wouldn't want to see them late in the district which uh, I think I see both mesquite teams throw it towards the end so that's going to be key they're going to have to beat by looking at the schedule they're going to have to beat Poteet Texarkana or um was on the th- was one of the top teams. Who's in that middle John battle? Tyler? Not John Tyler. West Mesquite. West Mesquite. They're gonna be either one of the Mesquites or Texas Canada. I think they'll get into the playoffs. They got two of them at home. They got West Mesquite at um, MISD, and they got um, I believe it's the finale. Finale. I think. Yeah. Ooh. At, at, yeah. At the McKinney ISD Stadium. Yeah. And nobody knows how that stadium's gonna play. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it could be a home field advantage, and you never know. <laughs> Let's say uh, you mentioned those Mesquite schools, and let's shift gears right here to on um, to talk about West Mesquite. The old Wranglers, you mentioned they came up on the short end of that season finale thriller against uh, against Poteet last year. Well, as the uh, Wranglers try to regroup and get to the playoffs, just kind of talk a bit about what is the biggest storyline for them heading into this season. Uh, filling holes on defense is, is going to really dictate uh, uh, their success level. Uh, they have eight guys back on offense. Um, they, they are breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, Connor Neal was a three-year starter. Coach's son uh, that held down that spot for the last three seasons. Curtis Williams is, is probably the biggest loss. He was their focal point on offense. Three-time first-team all-district, two-time offensive player of the year. Uh, just one of the more dynamic players in the area. Um, the drop-off there might not be as significant as one would expect losing a player of his caliber just because I was so impressed with Ty Jordan last year as a sophomore stepping in. Uh, he had 100 carries last year, 777 yards, nine touchdowns. He's a, he's a kid who won the 100 meters at the district uh, track and field meet, so he's a burner. So he's going to slide into that spot as the feature back. Quarterback is still kind of uncertain. Neil Johnson, who was a wide receiver last year, could slide into that role. He played it in 7-on-7, seven seven, was the backup last year. When he, if he can get that passing game going, they have one of the best targets in the state in Dylan Wright. Yeah. Uh, 6'5", incredibly athletic. You know, I, I was impressed with him more as almost as much as a basketball player during the last season than anything him just uh, you know incredible vertical uh, you know just a highlight film you know highlight real mm-hmm. you know waiting to happen uh, number number 22 player in, in, in the state of Texas uh, by uh, considered by 20 uh, 24/7 sports but still raw I mean he was really kind of finding himself last season and and I think that's with a year of, uh, of offseason under his belt and obviously with seven on seven trying to build that uh, chemistry with the, the new quarterbacks I think he's poised for a breakout year the key is going to you know finding somebody that's going to be able to get him the ball on a consistent basis mm-hmm. and allow him to use that 6-5 frame to go up and make plays the offensive line should be in good shape uh, Christian Landaverde is a is an all district performer from last year that'll, that'll be back to anchor that group so I think the offense will be in good shape defensively they, they lost a lot um, their defensive line uh, lost several uh, starters uh, their secondary had four players that 
signed to play college ball. So you wow. lose four scholarship yeah. players out of the secondary. Uh, that's that's tough to replace. Uh, the linebackers are, are kind of going to be the key early on. Quinterius Hargrave and Paul Christopher give them experience coming back there. Uh, Jamal Clemens, it was part of that defensive back rotation. But again, like I say, they're going to have to have guys step up there and get in the trenches. As far as just then a general outlook, do you think that'll be enough to overcome? Uh, just so the, the defense will be able to round into form enough to uh, you know make up for last season's shortcomings? Or how do you see them finishing this district? I, 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 think, I think so because West Mesquite has, has put out good athletes for really the last decade. Um, and where they've been, you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but, you know, it's been, I guess, nine out of the last, last 11 years they've been a playoff team. They've been able to do that by being able to reload, and especially on defense, they've their kind of hallmark is having the athleticism and having that speed on the defense. They don't always have the size that some of these other teams have, but their speed offsets that. And I think if they can find the right combination of guys, which I think they do have it within their program, then, yeah, they'll be right there at the end. The, the, how, how big a deal is the being potee? I, I, I was on the district preview. It seems like Poteet is kind of like got the Boyd McKinney except for doing the wrong games like they won like the first eight or nine and then like the last five or six years it's been all Poteet and, goes, and they seem like they're going to have to be Poteet if they want to get in this thing it, it goes back and forth and, 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 and last year was probably the biggest game in the history of the rivalry just because it happened to fall on the last day of the season a lot of these cross town rivalries you know that used to be the thing you know Mesquite North Mesquite Garland South Garland yeah. Plano Plano weeks it was always going to be the last week South of the Garland, season Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that was always they always save that game for the end. Whereas these days, it's not as big of a deal. I think they play in the middle of the district season this yeah. year. Last year, it was a huge deal, obviously, because it is the only the only two five A schools in Mesquite. It is the cross town rivalry game. You know, it's the same thing with any other city. These kids growing grow up playing pee wee ball against each other, playing middle school ball against mm-hmm. each other, and then you add the, uh, the the dimension that a playoff berth was directly on the line last year. Every year they have playoff implications. Yeah, it's, it's always a huge game. Do you think West has to beat them to get in? You think that'd be key? No. And that's a nice tease for um, so yeah we'll uh, we'll pick up the discussion in just a moment we got uh, you know a couple games to watch on the uh, on the seven uh, five a division one schedule plus our top four standings predictions for the district and we will pick that up after a word from the sponsor. Today's student athlete spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's continue our discussion for District 75A Division 1 heading into the upcoming football season. Um, we've already talked some uh, some kind of some team preview centric stuff. Now we're going to focus on some more district wide uh, subjects. So um, what we do for the uh, for the gridiron preview is that for each district we give five games to watch for each district. So we're going to pull. Uh, we're not going to discuss five games. We're each going to we're going to narrow that down and pick just one for each of y'all. So um, so basically we'll start with you, Kendrick. What is the one game to watch on that 75A D1 schedule this year? Um, I got. My- um, McKinney North hosted West Mesquite October 19th. They'll need that win because they have a bye week in uh, November 2nd. So Northwell? Northwell. Okay. So two of their last three district games will be against MISD. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to beat one of those teams to get in. Um, but they both got them at home. So mm-hmm. if MISD has that home field advantage that Poe have, I think the Bulldogs should be okay. But that's why they play the game. Yes. 
How about you, Devin? Where did you fall on your uh, your one game to watch within the district? November second, uh, Tyler John Tyler at Poteet, uh, actually at Hamby Stadium. Uh, I think at that stage, that's the second of the last week of the of the regular season. I think that could be for the district championship. Uh, John Tyler. You know, a lot of people are, ta are talking about them as the prohibitive favorite. Uh, you know, they, they're dropping down from 6A. They, they've had they've been really bounced back and forth between 5A and 6A for the last two decades. Mm -hmm. But they've enjoyed success wherever they've been. Uh, they didn't weren't able to make the playoffs last year out of a very competitive 11-6A. But that broke a streak of nine consecutive trips. They got 14 guys back this year. They rotate quarterbacks. Uh, Devlin Woods and Kalon Warren both proved capable. They both, at least by their numbers, uh, they can throw the ball. They can do some stuff on the ground. Uh, running the ball. Uh, they have two outstanding running backs coming back, and Roderick uh, Hawkins and Cameron Grant. Their defense is always salty. So I think that John Tyler team deserves its praise as, as one, of, one of the favorites. But again, like I say, I, I, I talked earlier about Poteet's offense. I think they're, they're going to have the firepower to score with anybody in the district that will give them a shot to win every game. And I think it comes down to it. November 2nd, I think that game, you're, that winner of that game is a district champion. Well, let's, uh, well, let's be, I don't know if you want to give away what the, uh, the preliminary <laughs> would be for that game, but let's um, let's talk who we think um, are going to be the four playoff teams out of this district. Devin, you just mentioned a game that could potentially be for the district title. What do you see the top four in 7-5A Division One ultimately looking like? You know, I, I, I do say that, but John Tyler, at least the last couple of years, has had a tendency to drop a game that kind of makes you scratch your head in Ooh. district play. Now, in 11-6A, that's not as big of a surprise because the top of at the time of the eight teams, six of those teams mm -hmm. were, and really seven of those teams were legitimate threats to win week in, week out. But as far as this one goes, I, I don't know if there's anybody else that will trip them up. Uh, again, the winner of that game, right now John Tyler's the favorite. I want to see how Poteet's offensive line uh, comes around in their, in their defensive line, who, how they fill those gaps. We'll learn a lot about them in the first month. Because it's still early in the season, what John Tyler has coming back with their experience with the 14 returning starters, I kind of agree with the people who say who have them slotted as number one with Poteet a close second. Uh, I actually have West Mesquite uh, coming out and finishing third in this district. Um, and, and simply because we kind of talked about it, Texarkana, Texas High has had incredible success over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, they made 17 straight playoff appearances. Uh, you know, not, but they only returned nine starters, and we got, we've talked about it before. How much of their success was a product of being in a weak district with some of those other questions of schools they've been questions. in? Because again, they haven't made it out of the first round since 2006. Mm -hmm. So, do you look at it? Last year, they pushed Highland Park. 56-49 in the bi-district round. There's no shame in losing that first oh, yeah, round game. Absolutely. Um, they just kind of showed their potential. But two years ago, they were 10-0. They were state-ranked, rolled into the playoffs, and then West Mesquite goes out there and beats them in 30-27 that first round. So I'm not so, especially with the, as few starters as they have coming back and kind of looking at their playoff success here in the last decade, again, I'm, I'm kind of prone to say um, maybe it's more a product of playing in the weak district. So I still love them making the playoffs, but I haven't finished the fourth. Because there's something to be said for going from a you know what might not be as strong a district to a district where you have to dial up that intensity week in week out versus like in you know in 16 5a where you know there was a couple matchups that they knew were going to have a far greater you know impact on their ability to win the district title you can really gear up for those versus every single week when it's you know a bit more of a of a taxing grind every Friday night Kendrick where did you land on the top 
four in this district? Uh, pretty pretty easy for me. I got John Tyler. Mm -hmm. I got Poteet. I got North, and I got uh, Texarkana sliding in. But I would not be surprised if Wiley East went on in and snuck them. Wiley East, okay. Yeah, Wiley, Wiley East is they're, interesting. They're, 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 they're legit dark horse because they're just like their 6 eight counterparts. They get better as they go go on. And you do not want to play them late on a, and out there in Wiley in November or that, like Halloween week, mm -hmm. and you lose a game, and that comes back and bites you in the district standings. Well, and they're they're an interesting team because they went 2-8 and eight last year. Uh, really struggled, but they, people come back they, have, they have 15 returning starters. They have a new coach uh, oh, in Mike Normandy, and they have what could be the best player, or one of the best players, I should say, uh, in a district in Corbin Johnson. They are standing running back. You know, two years ago when Eno Benjamin took the state headlines yeah. by storm with his ridiculous numbers, people forget he missed some time that year. They slid Corbin Johnson in there as a sophomore to replace him, and he put up Eno Benjamin-like numbers. Last year, obviously, he was playing on, on a team that wasn't as good, uh, and they, he was playing against defenses that were low in the box, and he still rushes for 16 or 1,600 yards, 22 touchdowns. Uh, even as you know, basically the only option on that offense. So with a new head coach, with that number of returning starters, I, I don't think they can make the playoffs. But nobody better overlook them either because he's they have you know one of those players who can single handedly win a game. That is a look at District 75A Division One. Hope you guys got everything that you could ever hope to know about that district <laughs> prior to the start of the uh, the season at the end of the month. We'll be back on Thursday to discuss the other 75A district in Class 5A Division Two. Um, in the meantime, folks, uh, Kendrick. Devin, appreciate for tagging along. This has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media. Folks, you keep enjoying your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.